0: Welcome to POOF, a podcast for the design curious. This is episode four of our series, and today we're going to talk about some of the lessons that we've learned from our design quickie service. Uh, This is a chat feature that you can access once you've downloaded the app, which is available on iTunes for any iOS devices. If you have used the design quickie service, there's a chance that you have met our guest today, Eliza Brillantes is sort of fielding a lot of these questions that come in through the chat service, and so we thought that it would be an awesome opportunity to have her on the podcast and talk about the background of these questions and sort of what they mean. Welcome to the podcast, by the way, Eliza.
1: Honored to be on Poof. <laughs> I actually come from a fine arts background, focusing on textiles, and uh, before designing for Havenly, I worked in the home fashions industry in New York, designing towels, shower curtains, and bedding. But beyond my professional experience, I've also been a prolific shopper my entire life. Love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Key skill for being a good DQ
2: designer.
0: That is one of those skills that you really have to nurture. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. I say if there are professional shoppers out there, I would potentially be one.
0: Maybe you already are.
2: Maybe I am. You're right. How do you know? I think I am. Absolutely. Congratulations. Epiphany, I love it. (laughs)
0: I'll get you some business cards.
2: (laughs) Thank you,
0: Jason. Thank you. I think now would be a good time to jump into some of the design questions that we commonly see come in through design quickie. So I know that a lot of people who use Havenly and that use the design quickie service are like moving in with friends or moving in as a couple. And there's an issue of reconciling two different interior design styles or just two different ways of living in general.
2: Yeah, do you ever feel like a
1: referee, Eliza? Referee, therapist, <laughs> counselor, totally. Um, I had this one example. The guy in the relationship had Game of Thrones collectibles and mm. psychedelic artwork, but the girl had a more bohemian chic style, and she was you know, distraught over how to combine the two styles. And I think sometimes all you need is a third party to kind of take an outside look because sometimes you can get into this tunnel vision. You're like, I like this, but my partner likes this. Mm-hmm. And they're different. Yeah. Well, I told her, you know, try framing the psychedelic artwork in a chic wooden frame. And right. maybe buy some industrial inspired metal and wood shelving for the Game of Thrones collectible swords. <laughs> 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 Do you, you ever know. just want to side with the girl, though? I do. And (laughs) at first, I wanted to say, well, put his stuff in the office where no one's going to see it. But, you know, if you love it, you love it. And
2: you'll you'll find a way to make it work. Right, exactly. Um, My sweet husband and I have... I have a very strong, I would say, sense of style and what I want with the space and he sort of doesn't. So unfortunately, I overpower the space a little bit. When you walk into our, you know, living room, you really see me, but maybe not a lot of him. And so I I sort of personally have to constantly be thinking about, you know, okay, how can I bring him into this space? So for instance, he, I said space, but he loves space. And I, so I was putting it together, you know, my own concept for my living room and found this really cool um, Space Odyssey print from like photos.com and it totally matched my color scheme and it was super modern. And I was like, yes, this is a way I can kind of bring him in and and make sure that he feels, you know, comfortable in the space too. And and like, it's um, something that reflects him as well. Yeah. I feel like Eliza, a lot of some of the questions that we get as well are on specific items. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, along with merging styles, you're also sort of that voice of reason of somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, try It's almost people want, um, assurance or they want somebody to say, yes, I like it too. Um, what kinds of, what kinds of questions do you get along that realm?
1: Um, I get a lot of questions of, you know, I like this specific chair, but it's, you know, way too far out of my budget. How can you find, or can you find me a chair that's a little closer to something I can afford? Or sometimes people are looking for a work of art, but not everyone has the right vocabulary or knows, you know, how to put into words what they like. And in that instance, usually I'll try to find three very different examples, show them images of it, of the art, Um, which is another great part about Design Quickie is that you can get, see the images and product suggestions right in your chat. And usually the clients have a very gut reaction to at least one piece or at least they have a gut dislike reaction. So it's kind of a great exchange um, and a good way to help people figure out what their style is and what they want to purchase.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think. I think a lot of times, you know, people have ideas in their head and they don't quite know mm-hmm. how to e- express them or right. get them out. That's what yeah. I, even just as a designer, I feel like that's what a lot of people say to me. They're like, mm-hmm. I, I know what my style is and I have ideas. I just don't <laughs> know where to start mm-hmm. or what that means or how to get it mm-hmm. or how to get it affordably, frankly. And it's such a gratifying mm-hmm. reaction when you get a DQ and they're like... Holy cow, that is
1: exactly what I want.
2: Right? It's somebody's home Mm and it's it's really personal. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. Um, One thing that I feel like I find people have a tough time with is rugs. Because they are just such a, you know, one, they can be expensive. Mm -hmm. Two, they take up a lot of real estate in your space. So they kind of have to be the exact right piece. Do you get a lot of that?
1: Totally. Uh, I think people frequently don't know what size of a rug to get. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they choose rugs that are too small, and they just feel like they're floating in space. Um, a lot of times people people have kids, they have pets, and so they have a hard
2: time finding a rug they like that will hide, you know, the mess of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think you just touched on something there. Um, it, one of the things. I think as a designer, when you walk into somebody's space and it, people ask me this all the time, they're like, do you come into my house and just like judge everything? And it, you know, say this is wrong. And how, how have you done yeah. it this? And, and I, I really don't, I, I look at the space almost as like my own canvas. And I say, what would I, what would I do? I mean, you know, I have completely different tastes than other people, but it I think of it that way. But one thing, you know, as a designer walking into someone's space is seeing a rug that's too small. Like that's, the you know, one of the number one things that that you can see. And and we have a couple of, you know, tips and tricks that we talk about. Um, One is to make sure that all the pieces in your room can fit their front legs on the piece. So like you said, it's not just kind of floating and looks like it's randomly thrown there. Uh, you know, that can, I think, it can sometimes mean a little bit more money. But I think for the effect that you get out of it, it's just, it's really kind of necessary to m- make it not look super kind of cheap and silly. I always tell DQ clients,
1: getting the right size rug and making sure it fits under the, fr- the front two feet it totally
2: anchors the space, makes it feel very intentional. Yes. Anchors. Good. Um, I'm not only, um, you know, anchors like physically the space, but usually when, when I'm designing a space, I start with the larger pieces and then the next thing I immediately go to is the rug. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to start with a sofa, the chair, maybe, you know, the client already has it, and the next thing I try to do is find the rug and kind of land that right away because I think you can sort of build everything and pull everything in together off of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes um there's a few different things I feel like that that I do when I design. Um, in choosing rugs. And one is, like you mentioned, the construction of it or the materials that it's made out of. Wool is the one that stands up to the test of time and wear and tear the best. Um, but it can really set the stage, I think, for the for the rest of your space. and and you know, sometimes you want the rug to have a pattern or a print. Sometimes you want the rug to be kind of the grounding, piece and you can have uh, colors and textures in the accessories. So those are kind of a couple of things to think about too when, when selecting the right rug.
0: I'm terrified by choosing rugs. <laughs> it seems like such a big decision to me. I, I have a hard time visualizing it in the space. It's not really one of those things that you can easily go out to a retail store and see a lot of. I feel, like, I mean, is that true? Like I think that most rug shopping happens online, right? I don't
1: Well, even in stores, you know, they'll have one or two on the floors, but then the rest are hanging on these enormous racks, and how can you contextualize a rug when it's you know, 10 feet above you in that (laughs) area.
2: Right, exactly. And (laughs) it hasn't been on the ground and actually walked on Mm -hmm. so that you can see how it handles traffic and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, I should definitely never be in charge of any rug purchasing decisions.
2: (laughs) Also, one other thing, um, since we're talking about wear and tear on rugs, is pets. I feel like a lot of people, that's a concern, is pets. And I have two very hairy pets um, with light hair, who shed a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was dead set on getting a black and white buffalo check dash and Albert rug. and I did it. Half and it it's it's not bad. No. It's not too bad, you guys. What? it's It's a flat weave, so it's not um, shaggy or anything mm. like that. So it's not really like catching all of those right. hairs and holding mm. them. It's huh. pretty easy to vacuum up. So
0: Well, that touches on sort of an interesting topic for me in terms of interior design because, I think we think about a rug, it's not necessarily just picking out a rug that we think looks beautiful or that will look great. It also sort of solves a particular lifestyle problem or a set of needs that someone who's going to live with this rug has. And that's sort of unexpected for me to hear that like a dog would be a consideration for your rug. Like I can imagine that with, with furniture, but Mm -hmm. so what goes into that consideration? Is it, it's mainly a cleaning thing or
1: ease of cleaning, definitely also I think because it has that buffalo check, maybe the pattern Mm, is helping to hide the fur. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's the fur. It's the, yeah, how is it easy to vacuum? Can you maybe, like the one that I have, I'm pretty sure I can just throw it in the... Uh, washer and wash it. That's right, yeah. it sounds like a kind of a pain in the butt to have to pull up the rug underneath like my sofa <laughs> <Yeah>. and my <laughs> chairs and table. But I would totally consider it if it got to the point where it really needed it. Um, but that's something else that um, you know with kids can can I just throw this in the washer and it's going to come out fine and and it's going to be clean and I don't need to get it professionally cleaned mm-hmm. and yeah. all sorts of crazy things that you need to think about.
0: So Eliza, how much of the design quickie questions? start off as is this color pretty or do these things go together versus uh will this piece work for my lifestyle or i need something to work for my lifestyle like where do those conversations start generally
1: i would say most design quickies definitely start with i'm a lot of people need color help they they don't know what color palette they want to work in they 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 honestly just don't know what they like so they're kind of looking for an expert opinion on what would work and they may I always try and ask them you know do you have a certain color that you love certain color you hate because usually those preferences will guide your own interior design choices Um, I think a lot of the times lifestyle does come into play especially with kids and pets usually when making design choices about Soft goods, like with sofas and rugs, bedding. Did I answer that question?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just sort of curious because I don't know. Oftentimes, as someone who doesn't have the design vocabulary or Mm -hmm. the design awareness, I wonder if there is like a hard line between the aesthetic choices that we make and the way that those things fit into our lives, or if they're more one and the same.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it kind of depends. Everybody is different. So for instance, for me, I don't have children, but I have these pets. And so, but number one, the number one thing is that it looks good. Right. If it's going yeah. to get a little yeah. wear and tear and it's yeah. maybe not, I'm fine with that. But for some people who are like, you know, this is my kid's playroom or something, or like this has to last me for three years, I'm not gonna buy another one. So I think it's sort of, you know, it's weighted differently for everybody.
1: One of the great things about the design quickie feature is that clients can take a picture of their room, send it to me in the chat, and a lot of times they start the conversation by saying, you know, I feel like something is off with this particular wall or this particular space, uh, but I'm not sure what. Mm -hmm. And so that's an indicator that people definitely want things to look good. Yeah. And then I start asking some follow-up questions about their lifestyle, how they use the space, and then that will kind of drive the kind of products that I'm recommending for them. Yes, makes sense.
0: So no matter what, it has to look good. I mean... I guess that's why we're here.
2: True, true, (laughs) yes, at the end of the day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do either of you have any favorite design questions of all time?
2: Ooh, one of my favorite questions to solve is solving for budgets mm. so and i'm and, and eliza i'm sure we get a lot of people like you mentioned earlier you know i love this sofa but how can i get it for cheaper mm-hmm. um it, I, I think i for one love that challenge because My husband just asked me the other day, he said, if you were, if you would deem yourself a master of anything, what is it? And I said, getting a deal. So (laughs) I, like, I love this challenge. And I think for any item, there's sort of this balance between budget and the quality of the piece, you know, in our questionnaire, um, that's something that we always ask is You know, do you want high quality items knowing that they are going to cost more or do you want lower quality items that, you know, are still good, but probably aren't going to hold up like, like a more expensive piece. And, and I think I love sort of helping people get something they love in the price range that they are able to spend. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's sort of a give and take, but, um. I love those kinds of challenges. I would
1: totally agree with you. It, you just feel like such a superhero when right? you can get a person a look that they think is so far out of their reach, but you're like, actually, yeah, you can
2: get this look this way. Yes. Yes. I am working on my bedroom actually right now. And the unfortunate thing about me is that since I am a decorator and love it so much, I always want to switch up my own space. So for me quality quality in the bigger pieces, I guess, is like my sofa, I want to have that for a while. So I'm working on my bedroom right now and I have, you know, I want to get nightstands, I want to get some stuff for the walls, I want to get a rug, uh, maybe a dresser and just kind of a, a few things. And I just went and found these amazing Nate Burkus nightstands so inexpensive compared to something that you would find somewhere else Mm -hmm. and i just i haven't been able to find that look anywhere else um especially not in that price range and so yeah i think you know going to the targets and and some of those other vendors i mean that's where i go you know pretty much first if unless I'm looking for a sale, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I love I love the the budget mm-hmm. and um, just kind of you know it's almost like a puzzle, right? You have to like find the right pieces right. and make sure they all go together yeah. and they're under this budget. It's so like making sure they also
1: fit in the space. Yes, is huge. I feel like a lot of people come to Design Quickie because they they need they know they need a piece in this space, but they haven't been able to find the right sized one. hmm. And I. I love that challenge. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. How how
0: do you solve that challenge? Like what, where do you start when somebody is struggling with how to fit potential pieces into a space?
1: So in that kind of situation, um, here at Havenly, we have the benefit, the professional benefit of searching, you know, hundreds of vendors at once, and I can input the item you're looking for and the size you're looking for, and it, I can bring up all the vendors at once. It makes shopping so easy for the customer. They're usually
2: very excited to find to see that there is the right size piece for their space right exactly we were just talking about um, furniture shopping in general not too long ago and you know people people can often be in different parts of the I guess I'll say shopping cycle for lack of a better word, but sometimes you're looking for one specific piece, mm-hmm. right? You want a new bed, you know, you want it in this style, you have your price, all of that kind of good stuff. And you're looking for the diamond in the rough out there, <laughs> right? Like That's you have, put it. you know, you haven't found it yet, but you are looking for that one specific piece. And you know, as a shopper, you have the internet, and right it's so yes yes, it's overwhelming and you can spend like days weeks like Mm -hmm. looking for this specific thing and right what you mentioned I think it's so cool that we have um you know kind of a database Mm -hmm. of all of this stuff that we can kind of type in specific parameters and and find a lot of really great options Mm -hmm. that you know general shoppers might not have access to
1: or the time to look for it. A lot of but, our customers right. just, you know, they work full time jobs. Right. Like, who has the time to yeah, just right. scour vendor after vendor for a 36 inch
2: wide dresser? Right. Or something. Right. You know? <laughs> Black mid century modern. Right. Like, <laughs> brass <that> like, knobs. <laughs> yes.
0: I think that exactly. can be one of the most disappointing things when you're designing a space as a a non-designer, is spending so much time looking for the right item and just sort of giving up Mm -hmm. and just buying something because you're like, well, I'm out of time and like I've got company coming Mm -hmm. or I just have to get this done with and you pick something just because you had to. Yep. Right. That's such a bummer.
2: Amen. That's what we're here for.
0: So in preparation for this episode, I was looking through some of the different logs of our design quickie chats. So if you have ever submitted a question, if you have ever thought about submitting one, you should know that I'll be in there (laughs) looking at your conversations. I think one of the common things that I've come across is that some people, as they're trying to choose art or wall decor in general, are faced with this problem of like an empty wall. And I think what you put on your wall says a lot about you and people who come into your space. That's the thing that's at eye level is what's on your wall or what's near it. And so I think those choices make a big impact on first impressions of your space. So I, I'm wondering what some of the common questions are in that regard and how we typically help people solve the empty wall problem.
2: Yeah, do you, Eliza, do you get a lot of gallery wall questions?
1: Um, I have a lot of people who have a big empty wall mm. and I don't think they know how amazing a gallery wall oh, would look there. Okay. And I'm constantly linking them back to our blog while I search for the pieces to put together their gallery wall because on our blog we have a really excellent post and I think a video that you star in Oh yes! about how to style a gallery wall Mm -hmm. so they really appreciate seeing that and how to put it together because it's so hard to figure out where to start with a gallery wall Um, so I'm usually finding the pieces that could fit into it or finding some of the pre-curated gallery wall packages that we have in our vendors
2: Yeah, it's I find that... It's hard to choose one piece of art, let alone you know seven, eight, nine, ten mm-hmm. <laughs> pieces of art. But um, yeah, we do a lot of gallery walls, and and I think they are a great way to, especially if it's a large wall, mm-hmm. to um, kind of fill up that space with something interesting.
0: Yeah, some of my favorite gallery walls are very asymmetrical. Right. Is that the word? Asymmetric. Mm-hmm. Asymmetrical and. It can seem like that was sort of a random choice, but then again, you look at those things and you're trying to figure out where to start. Like, do you start with the color of the frame, the size of the piece? I think one of the things that Kylie pointed out in that video is maybe to start from the center and like work outwards, like choose one big piece that you really like and work out from there.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think when putting together the gallery wall, Um, One thing to consider is try to have some sort of a theme or connective thread, and that can be a number of things. It can be um, having similar colors that sort of run through the entire thing. You know, not every piece has to have red and green and yellow, um, but just making sure that, you know, when you look at it, you can kind of see that the pieces connect to one another, um, or choosing maybe a couple of different types of frames so that you don't have 30 different frames up on your wall and the eye kind of doesn't know where to look. I think sort of having that, um, you know, some points of similarity help the eye move around the space a little bit better.
1: Right, and I think also making sure the pieces kind of have a similar voice, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe don't have a really contemporary black and white landscape next to a very expressionistic abstract color field
2: right Hmm. right yes yeah think about you know even with your gallery wall think about the feel and the vibe that you Mm -hmm. wanted to have and that i think will help sort of um, not limit your choices but sort of put some guardrails up so that again you're not stuck with decision anxiety
0: so in terms of other types of wall decor you've got framed photographs framed art what other kinds of things are people doing to decorate their walls
2: I'm super into wall hangings right now. I've been seeing a lot of requests for that. Yes. I and it's love so cool. they are what
0: is a wall hanging?
2: so I mean, they can be a variety of different things, for instance, i right now Anthropologie has a Moroccan blanket on sale, Ooh. right? It's super inexpensive, and I want to get it and potentially like hang it on my wall. But a lot of what we're seeing right now is sort of like macrame or some sort of woven wall hanging. Mm-hmm. I know c b two and West Elm have a couple of good ones. But also a lot of people make them, which is really cool. They seem really um, apparent. One of my friends from high school has like an Etsy shop and makes her own um, like, macrame and woven wall hangings. So it's just kind of like a cool, interesting way to bring, I think, texture into this space mm-hmm. and you know, fill up some space on the wall that isn't necessarily a piece of art.
0: That's cool. You can go on to Etsy and find something that will fit into a really well-designed room and not look... Uh, out of place, but also look unique in that someone coming into your space might never have seen that thing before. Because I walk into a lot of people's homes and I see sort of common themes or pieces of furniture Mm -hmm. that I've seen elsewhere. The
2: the black cat noir. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yes. I I totally had one. (laughs) So
0: I think art is one of those, art and mall is one of those areas where it's it's easy to break out of that to get Mm -hmm. something truly unique.
2: Yeah. One thing that uh, I really like to do with art is sort of, and and I guess maybe this just goes to my personality and what I would want, but I try to find something that's a little bit funny or offbeat. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a, a statement piece or like a conversation piece where somebody's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> um, right now I have my eye on a photo it's a, it's a pretty popular photo, so I'm sure 87,000 other people have it, but it's this, like, monkey sitting on a toilet reading a newspaper. And, like, I think it's just so funny, and it just, you know, it just it just adds a little, I don't know, pizzazz or, or right. fun or something funny yeah. into the yeah. space. I'm actually loving Target's
1: recent collection mm. of artwork. Usually, I mean, all my, my friends are from art school, so I just collect art for my sure. friends, mm-hmm. but Target has these... Um, Shibori inspired paper, like you know, eighteen by twenty four pieces of paper with the torn edges, so it looks very authentic. Oh Um, and it's float mounted. Oh neat. And it's a set of two. Really? Sixty five dollars. Oh my goodness. Love it. It's huge too. It's a perfect statement piece. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. See? Love it. Now
0: is float mounting when like the matting looks like it's sitting above the
1: the art is kind of floating off of the matting. Wow usually a very expensive framing process right (laughs) right not for target though yeah also they have these sliced geodes in little tiny shadow boxes that's actually i I spray painted the frame school that's what i was spray painting this past weekend (laughs) (laughs) nice
2: Nice. but loving it right yeah right it can be it can be inexpensive Mm -hmm. which is great you know a lot of times you'll find a piece and um, you know there's a lot of people out there who want that Mm one-of-a-kind like not mass produced but it's so expensive to get that it is so unbelievably expensive so um, we work with a lot of really great vendors like photos.com art.com artfully walls um, and society six who have a lot of really inexpensive options Mm -hmm. that you can still make like a nice statement and you know cover a large area on your wall without spending a fortune
1: Mm -hmm.
0: see this is exactly the kind of conversation i would want to have if i were trying to shop for art But instead, I would just be by myself, lost in my head, (laughs) thinking...
2: We're here for you, Jason.
1: Just staring at bare walls for the (laughs) rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Would you ever... How often do you advise a bare wall? Like No. No, never.
2: You know what? It's funny. I actually had a friend this weekend um, come up to me and say, you know, they just moved into this gorgeous, gorgeous house. And she's like, but my husband doesn't want to put anything on the walls. Why? Exactly. It just feels like a wasted opportunity. Yes. And she's like, it's kind of starting to weigh on me a little bit. You know, it just feels a little bit... I don't, not, sterile isn't the right word, but just impersonal, cold. yeah, um, yes, exactly. And I said, no, you absolutely need to find something for those walls. So yeah, I think that's something that uh, we see, a mistake that we see guys, I feel like, make a lot is not putting anything up on the walls.
0: Uh-huh. I, that's probably why I even asked the question. I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe a bare wall could be kind of a cool thing. <laughs> I think it's worth sort of mentioning wallpaper at this point since we're talking about walls and art wallpaper is one of those things that like i grew up despising wallpaper maybe that's because i spent so much time trying to remove it and you know probably hideous (laughs) versions of it but i think it's one of those things that can be used so tastefully we have it in our office here we have this beautiful large accent wall Mm -hmm. with wallpaper and uh, how many people want to make that move of putting wallpaper back up on a wall that probably at some point had it removed
2: right well it's it's an undertaking. There have been some advancements in wallpaper though, which is, which is great. In that a lot of them come pre-pasted. So they're actually removable. You know, you don't need to have like a wallpaper guy come and like paste them up and put them on the wall. And, you know, it's a whole ordeal. So, you know, there's a lot of new technologies out there where, you know, you can do it yourself and it's really pretty easy and quick. I love wallpaper. I love, love, love Mm -hmm. wallpaper. My husband is not the biggest fan because he remembers, you know, when Mm -hmm. his mom had it when he was little and it would start like peeling and then you'd have to take a chunk out and he's like, I don't know, you just kind of get a little sick of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm into it.
1: I think also a lot of people don't realize there are some great contemporary options out there. Right. You know, wallpaper doesn't have to mean flowers climbing up your walls. (laughs) Like. I love metallic options, mm-hmm. and the geometrics that we're seeing.
2: Yes. It's I'm, so exciting. Yes. I'm super into grass cloth right now. Mm-hmm. I'm considering putting a little grass cloth accent wall in my bedroom, and I'm so excited. It. I know, right? Totally good. Right? Mm-hmm. brings texture in. It <laughs> brings some more. Oh, I did, however, in one of my considerations, put this like really great black and white palm frond wallpaper into mm-hmm. one of my renderings. And I think that scared my husband off a little bit. But you the can... palm fronds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, you're starting with something really out there. Right, true. And that's that when you go to the grass class. There you go. Like, no, that's... Nice. I could live <laughs> right? with that. Merging exactly. styles. Yeah. Yes. And we're seeing them a lot in bathrooms, which I love. Really? It's a small space and it's, you know, it can make a really big impact, but it's not like you have to be staring at it on your walls every day. It's just kind of a fun little... I Actually, Surprise. I'm considering a wallpaper right now <gasps> for our powder Good. room. Our rest
1: of the, the rest of our house is very light, nary, mm-hmm. very light colors. But then our powder room, it's super tiny, just the sink and the toilet. And it's already painted like a dark charcoal gray. Oh, okay. So I found this charcoal gray with a gold geometric <gasps> design. Just thinking of putting it behind the toilet. Right. Yes. Because that actually faces the mirror. So
2: you get that kind of oh, double perfect. effect. Yes. Yes. See, even in the bathroom, you can have a focal point. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for wallpaper.
0: Well, as delightful as it is to have these conversations, I think we probably should let Eliza get back to her design quickie chats mm-hmm. where she can help other people with their Maybe design. Maybe you. Maybe me. I should probably get on there, actually. (laughs) So, thank you so much, Eliza, for joining us. Thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about what we've been chatting about today or learn about Havenly in general, feel free to visit us on our blog at blog.havenly.com. You can also visit us. We're on Twitter, Instagram, where Kylie is every day, posting photos and tips Mm -hmm. and just general design musings.
2: Yes, Pinterest, too
0: and pinterest Mm -hmm. it's a big one definitely pin us pin yourself (laughs) pin it you can tell i don't use pinterest very much (laughs) and just feel free to reach out and say hello anytime you want thanks for listening thanks kylie and eliza
2: thanks jay thanks